Fight Stories is sponsored by Absolute Nature CBD, premium 100% natural CBD oil and CBD oil products. Absolute Nature will absolutely help you with all the pain and inflammation you get from punching and getting punched in the head. Go to www.absolutenaturecbd.com. Use the promo code GOONSQUAD for an exclusive Fight Stories discount. You're listening to Fight Stories. All right, boys. Welcome to episode two of Fight Stories. This is John Moses. You boys are in for a wicked pissa for this episode. We go to Hanover, Massachusetts to talk with the real live Doug Glatt from the movie Goon. Doug Smith, his life, his biography is what the movie was based on. Doug had probably skated three times in his life when he was 19 years old. And then two years later, wound up in the ECHL and then eventually the AHL. And then was like a conditioning coach, which is a polite way of saying a fucking punching coach for the Boston Bruins. It was crazy story. Crazy story. Um, I don't know how many thousands of hours I spent on the rink as a kid. I mean, obviously not 10,000 or else maybe I'd be the subject of one of these things. But uh, it is clear. 1,500, 2,000. I don't know. Whatever it is, it is clear that I should have spent time punching instead of skating. And I would have gone much further in hockey because I'm a pretty good skater. Uh, anyway, real cool episode. Um, you can check out, you know, the movie Goon and his biography and, and all that stuff. Um, so we do some traveling for this thing, and it is difficult filming or recording this podcast, sometimes filming uh, for me and Tyler because we always can't be together because we live in different countries. Now, uh, but that also has an advantage in that we can cover more ground, right? So we've got some live episodes this season coming up. The big one, of course, is in St. Louis, November 22nd. If you're in St. Louis, want to come to that one, see some old blues, Darren Kimball, Cam Jansen, that's going to be great, and maybe some surprise guests, I'm sure. Uh, We might be roping in some St. Louis blues past and present, but if you want to come to that, cool. It's going to be great if you're a hockey fan. Um, if you just want to come and give a fight story, you can do that too. You don't even have to do that at the show. We can do that in some uh, public place. We're not coming to your basement. And there are other opportunities to do that. I'm going to be in Ohio and Kentucky in October. Tyler's going to be in Halifax and in London. Um, there's plenty of opportunity to catch up with us. And, you know, if you can't come and see us in person or you want to nominate somebody, of course, just send us a message, DM us, send us an email or a tweet or whatever, and then send us the story, and we'll uh, we'll get you on the phone, or we'll just we'll just upload it straight from the source. So there's that. If you want to support us, we appreciate it. Go to uh, Patreon.com. There's going to be some bonus content. We're uh, video recording what we can when we're together, so that'll be up there, and then, of course. The fight stories, tees, and hoodies are available. So you can get those. Just reach out to us, too. The hoodies are looking dope. Right now, let's just get into the episode. Join us in Hanover, Massachusetts to talk to former professional minor league hockey player, Doug Smith. (laughs) 
All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Fight Stories. I'm John Moses. I'm here with Tyler Morrison. We're in Hanover, Massachusetts at the Hanover Police Boys Club. We're here with Doug Smith, a.k.a. Doug the Thug, a.k.a. the real-life Doug Glatt. You've seen the movie Goon. You love the movie Goon, but we're here with the man who inspired the movie. You wrote the novel Goon, and uh, it became a pretty cool uh yeah, movie. Like I mean, in especially this is, this is the third time that we've brought this up on this podcast, uh, I think. But in the states here, you know, probably what, what it was straight to Netflix or something. Yeah, they for some reason decided to go to Netflix. I don't know if they had an, an opportunity to make more money. Yeah, or they felt like okay. it would generate more money than going right to the theater. Right. Um, and then getting tar- getting trashed. But anyway, in Canada, correct. right to the theaters. Exactly. <laughs> up, up north, it went right to oh, the yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. My family went to see it. It was like <laughs> me, my brother, you know, who, whatever friends were in town, my wife, my dad, it's his wife. Yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> hockey movie in Canada? It's yeah. an event. It was a, yeah, we, we were, there's 20 people in the theater. Ten of them were my family, and we took up a whole row. <laughs> <laughs> my dad loves it. He's like, that, we walked out, he's like, that was great. You know, fucking Oscar yeah. winner in his mind. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, thank you so much for, uh, for, for coming on today or agreeing to do the show and then having us in this place. This gym is a, a cool old fucking spot. We can talk about that. There is so much to talk about. But thank you for, for doing well, the I show, first Well, I appreciate you guys giving me an opportunity. I love it. Yeah. Um, so everybody knows, like, sort of the um, – basically the move – from the movie forward, you know, like, basically uh, when it starts off in the stands and the guy – the guy – you know, somebody throws a beer on him, and your buddies. Sh- How much of that is real? Did you have like a skinny, mouthy kid that hung around and sort of got you into some trouble? So the book was written by one of my best friends, Adam Fratazio, and we grew up together here in Hanover. Yeah. In fact, we both have been to this gym since we were 15, 16 year old kids. We worked out here, and um, Adam really wasn't a skinny, weaselly. Mm type of uh, mouthy kid he was mm-hmm. actually probably the opposite he okay was very well respected uh nationally ranked power lifter oh, oh cool. okay and um and was wasn't mouthy at all right but uh but adam had a background in hockey he played high school hockey he played college hockey in fact he was a captain i think at framingham state college so he could play mm-hmm. and, and the whole thing kind of evolved through adam because i grew up like i said in this gym here as a amateur boxer right Um, i fought in the new england golden gloves and some other tournaments and adam always said jesus if doug could learn how to skate which i never (laughs) played hockey as a kid growing up i (laughs) just didn't it just wasn't a sport i played even though everyone all my friends did yeah they played high school hockey and whatnot but if i could just learn how to keep my balance on the ice uh, maybe my fighting background back in the 80s where Mm -hmm. fighting was really prevalent i mean you were allowed to do it you could suck at playing hockey, Greatest but you could get a job in the NHL or specifically in the minors. Yeah. So Adam always had this dream. We got to get Doug on skate someday, and it just it just never evolved <laughs> until I was twenty I've years old. I've got this visual of you on fucking the double bladed bomb skates <laughs> playing yeah. in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the NHL, just exactly. so you could go. So to answer your question, Adam is the guy in the movie, right? Okay. Partially, sure. they've but taken not, liberties with it right. for entertainment. But purposes. he's a but but he's a funny, intelligent guy, right? Clearly, for sure, for sure. And, and no more than, you know, uh, Stifler from American Pie who plays Doug Glatt, yeah. which is supposed to be me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I'm no 
Harvard scholar by a long shot, but they certainly made him out to be a, a complete dumb a jackass. <laughs> and you know, so there are, there is a little Hollywood script written in okay. in comparison to our book, which is obviously an autobiography. Yeah. yeah. So is your brother gay? I'm not. I don't even have a brother. Number one. Oh. I don't like, <laughs> I'm not Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like porn dogs. <laughs> I didn't go to my training camp and double runners. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of funny script writing right, in right, there, right, and right, I get it. They yeah. need something to sell. Sure. It, it wasn't it, the movie. Obviously, wasn't the Doug Smith story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I know we'll jump around a lot on questions here and, and, of and uh, throughout, but you know, the book was read by a guy who's basically. He was on a writing team yeah. for Hollywood people, and he read the book while he was on a flight. Yeah. And he said to his writing team, he said, you know, we should make a movie about hockey enforcers because they've been a part of the game forever. Yeah. And people love them. Mm -hmm. And look what they do to the audience and the team, what they bring. And we can use this Nitwits book that I just read for, like, some kind of a background. Yeah. And that's kind of how it all evolved, mm -hmm. you know. How did the book get published in the first place? Adam wrote the book. Adam basically said, you know – I would call Adam my first years of playing, say, in the East Coast Hockey League, and I'd call him every night. I just got in a fight with so-and-so, or, you know, I didn't play tonight. You know, I'd tell him what was going on because he was my backbone. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, after a year or so, uh, two seasons or so, of listening to stories, Adam said, we should write a book. Right. And I said, listen. I'm not writing a book. <laughs> I barely made it out of high school. <laughs> you want to write a book? I can't even hold a pen. My Seriously. hands are swollen. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we sat down and we, and we basically, you know, chronologically put it in order. How it started from skating on a pond at 20 years old to getting a tryout in the East Coast League at 23, So 24. that part of the movie is true. That's legit. Fucking terrible skater. Never skated. I never played hockey. I never played my the first, first organized hockey game until I was almost 22. That's crazy. To yeah. make it to the level that you made it to right. only start skating at that age. I mean, right. we're, we off camera or whatever, we were talking a little bit about Nick Fatiu. And, yep. and the same type of thing. He started when he was 12, and that's a late start. Right. I, I believe yeah. it was 12 or yeah. 12, I think. And I looked at a guy like Nick Fatiu. I mean, I loved that guy. Mm -hmm. He was yep. like a, a for real hero because like you said I've seen the story I've watched it and I had similar background I was a boxer he was a boxer right. you know mm -hmm. and, and fighting was allowed in the game and earlier Adam had said to me um, we'll get you on the ice and we're going to teach you balance we don't care about carrying the puck we don't care right. about shooting and scoring <laughs> We just want to learn balance so that when you drop your gloves, you're not going to get pulled down yeah. and made a fool of yourself. Right. And if you can stand long enough to get a few shots in, your punching power, your ability that you've learned already through boxing, might do something for you. Uh -huh. That's kind of how. So how long before? So is, is it? It's not your first time on ice. I'm 20 years old on this pond. I skated maybe two or three times as a kid that was maybe so your 12 whole or 13. life. Yeah, I never played four hockey. times. You're 20. So how if long? That. Before you're fucking skating on a pond in your 20 and your first semi-pro hockey. hockey game? Uh, just a little over three years. That's wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And that first time you went on the pond and you were skating, was it with that goal in mind? Like, we're no, going to get you? No, it was just to finally get out with my buddies because they'd uh -huh. all go and skate. <laughs> they would rent ice on a Friday night at mm -hmm. midnight. And I would be in the stands just hanging out watching yeah. with other friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was athletic. Beers. Yeah. Which is probably I was probably fortunate to pick it up that well because I was athletic. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, I mean, if you guys have skated, it's no joke 
down. I still rises. fall down. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, again, I've, I've been skating since I was five. But you know, it's one of those things where you know you, you get back on the ice after a couple of years where you haven't, and it still takes you're you know, wobbly. Yeah. yeah, it takes a little while to get so, back. So and even at that point, I was a gym rat. I was a boxer, but I was still a gym rat, and yes. I was six two, two fifty. So wow. I wasn't skinny. So balance was an, a, a serious issue for me at that right. weight. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, Adam had this incredible focus of just learn your balance and I'm going to help you. And we would drop the gloves, we'd square off, we'd tug and pull. And he was great at it because he was thick, he was strong, uh-huh. and he could skate, he could play. So he was really the guy that got me going. Yeah. Where, you know, so did he have a connection to get you a, 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 a tryout? Yeah, so my connection. That whole fucking yeah, process Yeah, my, my connection crazy. came, uh, you know, I started skating at 20. Uh, I played my first organized hockey league when I'm about 22. And it was that summer. Uh, locally here, we have what they used to call the uh, Pro-Am Hockey League in the summer. Pros and amateurs would right. play. You play one night a week during the summer just to get on the ice. The pros want to stay in shape a little bit. Sure. Then you go out and have a few beers after. You know, whatever. But in this particular league, there were tons of tough guys. Lyndon Byers, Jay Miller, Nick Petillo. <laughs> uh, I mean, Chris yeah. Nyland. Yeah. All real the dudes Boston, that live in this New area. York. Yeah. Or they vacationed down the Cape. Yeah. And they would come up and play this one in night. This and it was an incredible league. So I was fortunate. I knew a coach named Bob Sylvia. Uh, he, he's legendary in our area. He coached one of these summer league teams, <laughs> excuse me, and he allowed me to play for him. Now, it was awful because my skating was horrendous. <laughs> I was just about to say, right. you're fucking have NHL players, right. and here you are, right. fucking ankle burned. They must have for been sure. like, who is this <laughs> fucking guy? Right. You know? And, I mean, I could, I could do enough. Like, I still I, – we have still have VHS video of me, you know, when I was out playing with this uh, league, and my skating wasn't all that bad. Okay. But in comparison, of course, oh, those God. guys yeah. were lightning fast. Yeah. But my whole thing was this. If I can get in and go against a Chris Nyland or a Lyndon Byers, maybe I'll be noticed. <laughs> that's what happened. That league, I got noticed trying to fight everybody. And I didn't get a lot of fights from people. Because they'd be like, fuck off. Fuck off. This is summertime hockey. You I don't even know you. Yeah. I'll kill you. And they probably would kill me. Right. Did, um, I, did anyone like of no- notoriety so bite? Yeah. 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 So I had a kid named Billy Whitfield. Um, you can easily find his stats. He played, I believe, at Northeastern College, but then played in the East Coast League okay. and the old Atlantic Coast League, and he was a tough kid. And he gave me a shot, and we dropped our gloves and squared off. And he beat me. He got better punches in. Uh-huh. I landed a couple, but that wasn't the point. The point was was the scout in the stand from the Buffalo Sabres was watching, and he said to me after, he said, <laughs> listen, you're a horrible skater, obviously, because you just started. <laughs> but if you want to fight, if you want to fight, I can find a home for you. Oh, guy, nice. I cannot believe a scout from the Sabres sees how bad you are right. at fucking skating. But, but like goes, I said, but you but got back in that there. day, yeah. though, there were teams that wanted just a tough guy. Yeah. Yep. And the coaches would use me in a, in, a, in a smart manner. They would put me out on a stoppage of play. They'd yeah. line me up on a face-off next to you and say, get him. Fucking He's good. the guy. <laughs> and, and if you didn't want to go, yeah. I'd come back to the bench. I'm not going to play. At all. I, yeah, because there's no need for me to play. I suck. Uh-huh. But I'm there to fight. And so this scout got me a tryout down in uh, Winston-Salem in the uh, East Coast Hockey League. And <laughs> I went to training camp, had a couple fights. I got cut because the coach said the same thing. He goes, Smitty, I love you. You got big balls. But <laughs> you, you got to bring more, unfortunately. You just got to work on your game more. Yeah. And they kept a couple of guys that were supposed tough guys. They didn't pan out. He called me back in December, like a month and a half later. 
are you still willing to do it? And I said, yeah. He goes, I'll take you. And I went down. We won a championship that year. Oh, nice. We won the East Coast League championship so that good. year. You got a fucking championship a out of this? Oh, yeah. It was incredible. <laughs> so, That's great. You know, I, so the story that, is unreal. Year, did you touch the puck? I did. Yeah, I think okay. I actually had an assist. <laughs> and, and, and in the book, I, I, I laugh because in the book, I remember saying to Adam, I hated that stat because it was like, 40 games played and yeah. zero goals, one assist, and 300 penalty minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I wanted zeros across the board. Yeah. Yeah. It just pims. Right? <laughs> fucked up. That, that exactly. puck bouncing off my shit yeah. pad fucked exactly. up my stat line. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it definitely was It was very accelerated. It happened really quickly. It really happened, you know, I mean, it was certainly unannounced. I had no clue anything like this would ever have happened. No one did. It's, it's insane to even have that goal. Well, because I had the fighting background, I, right. I still like the box. I still like the fight. I still yeah. worked out. Mm -hmm. I still work out today. Right. I just love it. But, um, again, back in those days, you could have a guy on your team yeah. just as an insurance policy to sit on the bench. Right. You can suck at the game, but if someone acts up, I got a guy right here who I'm going to tap on the shoulder, and he's going to go out, and he's going to kick your ass because you just fucked with one of my guys. I sick somebody right. or whatever it was. And so I know, but, but, but to not have any fucking actual hockey experience right. and to be 20 years old and think, I think Listen, I can crack this, mm -hmm. and then start working toward it is tell me fucking about it. Tell me about how it would be to try to talk to a coach or a GM and sell yourself with zero resume. Right. Where'd you play? I didn't. Yeah. Well, where, where did you skate? Hackett's Pond. Yeah, Hackett's Pond. What, what is the that? fuck is that? Hanover. Is that a <laughs> what? Yeah, is that a rink? Right. Is that a nickname for a right. rink? No, and then no, you try and sell yourself on the fact that you know, hey, I'm a, I'm an amateur boxer. Well, so what? Yeah. What does that have to do with hockey fighting? Well, it doesn't. But I guess I'm, what I'm telling you is I'm willing to drop my gloves and fight anybody you want me to right. to help your team. And then sometimes guys would say, "Wow, either this kid's really fucked up, or he knows what he's doing. He's pretty good. I'll take a chance." Right. Yeah. Let's see what well, you listen. Got. Eight, it's it's eight, at least intriguing. Right. Eight <laughs> different teams took a chance with me. Yeah. And, yep. you know, like I said, I didn't make a career out of it. It was one game here, three games there, two games there. But, hey, from a pond, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. For real. So, yeah. Uh, or very we'll say you would just go to get a jersey. Like you'd go play yeah, a game. Yeah, I mean, there were games I played. I'm, every game I played or every team I went to, <laughs> uh, even if it was for one night, I would say, listen, I don't want, like, your $500 tonight. Yeah. I want my jersey. <laughs> and the coach would be like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah, seriously, I want that jersey." Yeah, yeah. That was like, that's that's memory. Of course, yeah. exactly. The I'll, 500 bucks is going to be gone I'll spend in a week. That tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want that jersey, <laughs> and not one team ever denied me. They, I got every jersey I ever wore. Oh, that's I mean, cool. I, how can that's you not wicked. love that? Yeah. And they're displayed on my wall at my house. Oh, uh, right. all mean, uh, all framed in a nice frame. Up. Fucking nice. awesome. Oh god. And just so Adam, <laughs> please send us a picture. Adam Fantasio. You're in my will. You're getting all of that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, nice. um, yeah, so that was a that was a huge thing for me is to retain my game ones. Right. Because I was aware of what they were all about back in that day, too. So how how many seasons did you play where you're running around? Off and on, guys? about eight seasons. Eight seasons. Yeah. Wow. I, like I said, I might play two or three games this one year. Right. And I'll play again. Then I get called the next year for another team. Back and forth. So and, and during that time now, like you're playing two or three, so are you, but you're not skating with the team the whole year no i was home here yeah i'd be skating a friday night league fucking around yeah but now you're a hockey player whereas well, before, I'm, I'm, I'm more into it right because yeah. now i got a taste you're at least of it. playing regularly right. like on a friday night with yeah. your boys pounding beers right exactly so i still wanted to stay in shape i enjoyed skating right but you know 
for like a seven, eight year period, I, I would get a random call now and then from like a scout or a team, whether it's the IHL or the East Coast League, and they say, <laughs> hey, are you around this weekend? I just need you for one night. Or I just <laughs> yeah. need you for a weekend, two-game series. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, a fucking hired assassin. Yeah, because like our tough guy is suspended or injured or whatever, and I, I, we can't find anybody. Will you fight this guy and that guy on yep. Friday night? And I'd be like, yep, where's my plane ticket? I'll be there. <laughs> just, and I'd be there. Just a hit, man. That's it. Just a hit, it was man. Great. How, are, great. How, are the, how, are the, how are you welcomed into the locker room? When With you open just arms. Go there? Yeah, they'd me? be like, yeah. Listen, people know why you're there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're a complete stranger showing up like halfway through or three quarters of the season, yeah. and they know that their tough guy might be hurt, and yeah. they know who they're playing tonight yeah. and what their lineup is all about, and then you've got this new face that shows up, yeah. you know. And, it, and, it, and it's a face that looked like it's taken a couple of pounds. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so people know why you're there. And, yeah. you know, like I said, you're welcomed with open arms because yeah. everyone's like, I don't have to fight this guy so-and-so or this guy so it's I got this guy now who's going to do it for me. Right. It's so and they true. Love you. It's so true. And, like, people who are against tough hockey, like fighting in hockey and all that, they don't understand. Like, they've never played hockey on a team that got bullied and run over right. by other guys. Like, right. they didn't have a guy who did your right. role. Anyone that like has a problem with it, they don't understand what it's like to feel in that dressing room. It's such a it's such a huge weight off your shoulders when all of a sudden an enforcer gets brought in and you're like ah, and everyone's loose. It's like that scene in Slapshot where they fight like Ogie Oglethorpe. Right. Uh, they think he's in the lineup and everyone's like all like panicked in the right. dressing room. Then this kid comes in, he's not playing, he's suspended. Everyone's like ah, <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they all just get loose again right. and they're all excited. And, to and play. there were games that I dressed for and never even got on the ice. Didn't oh, really? even get credit for the game because I never touched the ice, but I was on the bench almost as like an insurance policy. Mm -hmm. And the other team knew I was there. Right. So they'd say, well, I really don't know this guy. Yeah, like I don't know bit. this guy. He might actually be tough. So you know what? If I'm the other team's tough guy, I might not act up so much tonight. Hey, but you're skating in warm-up. I was always very smart about the way I skated in warm-up. I always stayed in between the two blue lines, you know, or you the red line. You didn't want to get called out? Never wanted to do drills. Uh -huh. Never wanted to shoot in the goalie. I just would glide <laughs> around, stretch out, make it look good. Yep. Um, I always kind of had the same thing. Most teams that I played against, I already knew who their tough guy was. Yeah. So during warm-ups. them scoped out. Yep. And during warm-ups, I'd always play dumb. I'd always find that tough guy. We'd maybe line up on the red line stretching out. And I'd always go, hey, who's your heavyweight? Like just to blow his mind. Like Because yeah, I'm new. Now I'm asking the heavyweight, who's your heavyweight? Yeah. And some guys would be like taken back by it yeah yeah that's yeah, a good yeah. psychological then, move also straight at him right and then it's but it's twofold because now he's saying wow this guy's already looking for me i yeah. was looking for somebody so i always tried to like get into someone's head immediately yeah. and that guy's thinking i that you don't care who it is like, right who's your toughest guy yeah, who's and your then, heavyweight and then you gotta search within your soul to, i am right and most <laughs> guys some guys would respond and some guys wouldn't yeah so it's pretty cool yeah you yeah, know? yeah yeah, yeah exactly. that's great that's good like into the intimidation factor a little as bit. well yeah little bit. of any of the guys that wouldn't was there a couple of guys that just came out fucking gun swinging like, is there anybody that stands out to you right now? Like, can you still remember them? And oh well, all, all your big know? name guys that I fought. I mean, Frank Bialowis, Dennis Bonvi. Yeah. I mean, they're legit NHL tough yeah. guys. There's no two ways about it. Oh yeah. No two ways about it. I was also over my head. Yeah. I mean, I lost those fights, and and rightfully so. I mean, those guys were NHL caliber fighters. Right. I mean, the cover of my book is literally five minutes after fighting Bialowis. Mm -hmm. Destroyed me. Oh, yeah. Frank the I animal can't believe Bialowis. I can't believe my head didn't wind up in the snack bar. 
because he <laughs> caught me with a couple of really good shots. I lost my grip on his arm. Yeah. And he, he was able to really throw freely and connect. Um, so, are, you guys, are you guys friendly? Uh, I converse with him once in a blue moon okay. on Facebook. Sure. Um, <laughs> fucking Facebook. Yeah, he's not of all places. I always think of Facebook as being such a geeky fucking thing. I know. You hear these I've, old NHL warriors. Hey, right. how's it going, bud? And there's a million of them on there, right? There's yeah. a million guys. Oh, I bet. So, uh, but I have the, obviously the utmost respect for a guy like Bialois and Bonvi and all those guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, because I was a nobody. Again, I didn't even have a resume to fall back on. Right. And they all gave me a shot. Right. Because they were in my spot once, too. They were trying to get a tryout. They were trying to get a, a guy to fight, to get a name. <laughs> and they all gave me my chance. Uh-huh. And without them, I, you guys wouldn't be here today. Of course. Right? right. I wouldn't be here of as, course. As, as, you know, Doug Glatt and Goon and all that. That'd be nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it has to be thanked that they gave me that opportunity. Right. Well, and, and you know, we... Tyler knows much more about this stuff than I do, but there is that code that I didn't realize prior to doing this podcast that's out there. You know, like there really it, there really is a little bit of a gentleman's agreement, you know, going into some of these things. I'll give you an example. So I fight by Lois the first time. I believe it was like in 1994 or 1995. Um, he kills me, nails me with a bunch of good shots, blackens my eye, makes the cover of the book. The next year... I get a call from a different team, Springfield, in the American League. Fucking Falk. I, I've seen a couple of Springfield games. I love right. that fucking arena. And man. so, <laughs> Baya Lois has since gone from St. John's Maple Leafs yeah. to the Philadelphia Phantoms. And now they're in town with Baya Lois. So, Springfield calls me yeah. up. And Springfield has a couple of tough guys at the time. No one wants to fight Baya Lois, though. So how, I know. How does that go through I don't know. up to the upper office? I know. You know, the coach so, is like, nobody's yeah. going to fight these guys. Right. He calls the GM. Hey, we got a problem here. Right. So let's bring in this yo-yo who's yeah. a pawn skater because you don't want to fight. But anyway, I get another call to get a chance at Baya Lois. And I'm like, wow. Like, dream come true. <laughs> yeah. Now, well, it was. I got fighter mentality. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, I lost round one. Now yeah. this is round two. Yeah. yeah. And, and I want round two. Thank and you I, for I serving might, this up to me. Yeah. And I yeah. might lose again, but I want round two. But you, but you, and so the point, though, is like you had said earlier, uh, the question was the uh, code. So lining up next to Bialois. Uh, You're a little bit better skater now. A little bit better. Yep. It's a year later. Um, definitely hungry for the fight. Yeah. And he says to me, uh, I said, I go, hey, uh, are you going to give me a rematch? And he said, uh, not tonight, Smitty. I can't. I got a bad hand. And I remember saying something like, oh, come on, man. You know, you're not a one-handed fighter. You can go. I've seen you. You know, we had a little dialogue. Yeah. And uh, he said, listen, I, ca- I can hardly even hold my stick. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. playing hurt. He's, he's playing he's injured. He's fucked because he probably needs some money or whatever. Whatever. But, uh, I mean, he's a warrior. Yeah. And he's out there playing hurt. Yeah. Like most minor league guys do because they don't want to lose their job. Yeah. yeah. And so the code comes into play now. I could have easily said, you know what? Fuck you. Jumped him. Taking I'm jumping you. Of it. Right. You know, hit now, me with that fucking he hand. He probably still would have wiped the floor with me with yeah. one good hand and one bad hand. Yeah. But the code is, like you said. Yeah. And you back off and you say, okay, no problem. And as soon as the puck was dropped, I skated right to the bench. Someone else jumped off, took my spot, and that was the end. Well, did, did the coach be, what the fuck are you doing, Smith? I think, you got to uh, well, fight no, him. Well, no, I just basically said to the coach, you know, he's injured tonight. He can't go. Uh-huh. And there's an honor there. Yeah. And like like you said, yeah, I could have been a dick, and I could have tried to jump him. And, uh, you know, he probably would have murdered me again. But uh-huh. I could have said, F this. I, I want my rematch right now. I don't care if you're hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Taking you know. Taking his hand and slapped it off the ice right. or whatever. You- and, listen, a guy like that, you know, again, he he's an NHL caliber fighter. 
whether or not he respected my decision or what I did, I have no idea. But I, I felt Sounds like, like was, I, he out, was he out running around at all? Though? Not he, at all. He was, no, he was no, he was, he was totally playing within his capability because yeah. he was injured. Right. And they needed him in the lineup. They were probably short numbers. Right. And he, like you say, he could barely hold the stick with one of his hands because it was so banged up from fighting, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, he was a beast. Because it, it changes a bit if uh, if he turns down the fight because he's got a bad hand, but then he's out there hacking and whacking. Right. Like, right. I think at that point a yeah. coach would have said, hey, Smitty, get back out Just there and re- rediscuss that situation with him. Yeah, yeah. So. Right? But it wasn't needed like i said yeah. he, he was playing injured and like i said he um uh-huh. he's a he's a legit warrior there's uh-huh. no oh, yeah. about it yeah, yeah. you Watch talk him. to any tough guy they'll always say frank the animal yeah he was an animal <laughs> yeah. and he was oh yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. i feel bad for a guy like that just not to get off the subject but you know there's a lot of minor league tough guys that just never got a good look up top yep. yeah he was one of them and i don't know what the reason was yeah he could certainly fight with any of those guys yeah. he really could I mean, I saw him fight Tony Twist. We watched that this we morning. Right. The, yeah. I mean, you know, he was good. Maybe it was numbers, the organization he was in, sure. whatever it was, draft picks, who knows. Sure. I, but, was, uh, I, was, I was told this uh, many years ago by a comedy booker. He goes, John, I got a lot of planes in the air and only so many places to land. That's it. You know? That's it. So. And so he was one of those guys, again, you know, that just kind of bounced around and unfortunately just didn't get a, uh, a real good look, uh-huh. which is a shame. Yeah. You know? Had a cup of coffee with the Leafs. He, he did, was, up but not enough. No, you know, like no, I he, said, not he, enough. He should have had a, had he a shot because uh-huh. he was right heavyweight champ, probably right. at the AHL for and, a and, and and even when he went to the Philadelphia organization, now yeah. obviously they're known as the Broad Street Bullies. Yep. He would have had a shot with them. Yeah, and I don't even think that amounted to anything. So yeah, it might have just yeah, it might just been that they were already too deep with they could have that. They you know they yep. had all those guys right. in the '90s right. and uh, early 2000s that right. were were weapons. You know, so how do the uh, how do your guys Goon comes out. Or the, so the book comes out. Right. Are these? Is everybody sort of aware of the book? Like within within that sort of fraternity of old guys running around kicking the fuck out of each other? Um, you know, I mean, the book circulated uh, pretty well from yeah. what I understand. I mean, it, it had gone obviously across the United States, Canada, Europe. I mean, mm-hmm. I got letters and emails from people from all over the world basically so, saying so I read in. your book. Um, it did very well. And um, yeah, I and we never touched on it. And I'm sorry. This is like a this is more of a personal um, curiosity. How did you get this fucking book published? Well, again, Adam, uh-huh. who had a journalistic background, he actually oh. used to write for uh, Sports Illustrated. He's a little oh, okay. writing. Okay. Well, there you go. And he put the book together, like sure. I said, and uh, he kind of peddled it around to different publishing companies somebody they'll ask you for a piece of it <clears throat> you know give us a yep. chapter or two we'll review it yeah and he kind of just put it out there to a lot of different publishing companies and, and one publishing company yeah. bid on it somebody somebody who probably some guy in an sports office guy. Who, the sports guy who loved the game and yep. he's like oh, oh yeah we'll i take a chance this. on this yeah yeah so uh okay, cool. that's how we got it published so um you know to, to to hear from them and adam and i become published authors and all that we were like wow awesome <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> so cool. we basically wrote what it a weird c- thing that from from you just wanting to fight in this fucking league that seems like a pipe dream to right. now being published author and then book. to have it being made into a fucking movie i know so that that's even more bizarre and yeah. like i said the book itself it did circulate well um I never saw it for real. Adam told me it made New York's bestsellers list at wow. one point. And then there was a caption. I think we were like to say number 10. We were only there for a week. Sure. But we made it. Good week. And someone wrote a caption that said something like, not even Wayne Gretzky's book made it this high. Oh, wow. 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 <laughs> wow. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. So that's pretty right. cool. So, it, so the, under, <laughs> yeah. the underworld of hockey fighting, which we both know, we yeah. all know there's, a, yeah. there's, a, there's an underworld of hockey fight fans, mm-hmm. they gobbled it up. They oh, yeah. It. 
Yeah. And then, of course, when the word That's came all out, you need is a little, a small right. niche rabid fan base. Right. You know? And then uh, when we got, years later, uh, we got notified by the publishing company that uh, Hollywood had read the book. Someone wanted to buy our rights and make a movie. We were like, <laughs> falling down. You've got to be like, kidding what? me. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. you're lying to me. And the guy was like, no, here's their info. They want to speak to you guys personally. That's great. We were like, smoked. We what a fucking it. cool, yeah, what a cool, cool, cool story. Unbelievable. This episode is brought to you by Absolute Nature CBD. Premium 100% natural CBD oil and CBD oil products. There are no GMOs, preservatives, additives, coloring, synthetics, chemicals, or MSG, and it's made right here in the good old U.S. of A. They offer a heavy discount for first responders, veterans, and people with long-term disability, but uh, we're going to offer you a discount just for listening, a little Fight Stories Goon Squad discount. Type in the promo code Goon Squad at checkout at www.absolutenaturecbd, and you get a 20% discount. And you're helping out the Sunshine Boys. We call that a win-win. Okay, so um, amateur experience. We're going to jump around a little bit here. You know, up until you're 20 and you and you're with your buddy, um, are you guys running around in the bars at all, fucking tuning guys up, so, getting so, tuned up? Because uh, this looks like a tough area. We were, yeah, we're south of Boston. We're south of Boston. We're suburbs. Everybody could have guessed that, by the way, by your accent, that <laughs> oh, we're in Massachusetts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, well, we're driving over here. I just want to say this. We're driving over here. I stopped to get a Dunkin' Donuts because it's my fix. And uh, Tyler goes, look at this fucking guy. He goes, uh, everybody around here just looks like they're training for a fight. And it was some <laughs> white guy in a fucking jumpsuit skipping across the street carrying a pit bull. And I was like, oh, yeah. In, the, in New York, we call those Puerto Ricans. There you go. There you go. But it looks like a tough area. So right. even if you're not out looking for it, I feel like you're going to end up banging. Yeah. I wasn't much of a bar guy. Um, okay. I wasn't a heavy drinker or nothing like that. Um, I did work at bars. Yep. I did work the door at bars mm. just for a buck and make money. Mm-hmm. Uh Plenty of fights, late night, drunk guys. Of course. Got plenty of workouts, you know. <laughs> um, but I, I wasn't so much the guy that was in a bar drinking and, and sure. getting into beefs. I, just, I, I wasn't like a bully back in those days where I, you know, because I was comfortable with right. my ability. Like right. I had confidence. I knew I could prove fight. anything. Right. So I wasn't out just trying to be a, a you know, mm-hmm. a one punch hero and knock out people or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it oh, just man. wasn't That's me. That's the name of my next album. <laughs> one punch hero. One punch hero. <laughs> right, right. Was there guys, though, in the area, like, knowing that you have the boxing uh, background and uh, that maybe would, like, want to try you just because oh, I, I definitely their... yeah i definitely had some local challenges from certain people um people gunning for you yeah and I mean, that's just natural in any neighborhood growing up as a kid there's always right. one or two guys that have the, the reputation the yeah that have a reputation of being a tough guy uh-huh. and there's always that one person that wants to challenge them to see just how tough are you yeah um so i mean i had that as a kid growing up that's that's no different okay you know but i wasn't out looking for it right to answer your question because i had plenty of it in the ring right yeah that's yeah. it so my buddy Owen is a uh, is a, a trained fighter now. We, we were just talking to him the other day in Boston, and he was uh, he's been doing Muay Thai for I don't know six seven years, and now he's also doing some jujitsu. And he's like, John, I like the art of or the I like studying fighting. I like fighting. I like training. I don't like fucking violence. And I'm like, I know, but I just love the fucking violence. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But he but he gets his he gets his fix, man. And he right. you know and he fucking earns it. You know, right. I'm just right. out here fantasizing most of the time right. but like he's in the <laughs> ring getting his fucking ear yanked yeah, off exactly. he's had enough by the time he goes home right know? i mean i didn't fight i never really fought out of anger 
I didn't okay. fight because I was pissed off at someone. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, I was always calm and cool, clear-headed when I had. There you go. You don't drink. Fight. That saves you a lot yeah, of fucking. Huge. That saves you a lot of hassle. So, um, you know, I just would rely on my training, whether it was in the ring or, or hockey. That's all. Yeah, it really yeah. down to. Mm. And when you start playing hockey and you get in, you're, you know, you get in your first like couple fights. What's the first win that you got? Who do you remember the first? You know, I, I don't really know the first win because I definitely had a few losses at the beginning. There was no two ways about it. And I, and I wasn't discouraged because I always knew, mm. you know, you're way behind the curve here. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you're, 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 first of all, you're skating alone. And then yeah. you're fighting guys that maybe have played juniors who have been fighting since they were 15, 16. On the ice. Mm-hmm. On the ice. Yep. I mean, you know, so you're, you're really trying to crack this, yeah. this level of fighting, so to speak, that's not even in yeah. your reach. Like, yeah. you're really reaching yeah. too far out. But um, it's still really amazing to me that anybody even gave you a chance. I know. Listen, you know? believe me, that and that's half the story right there. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, the people that gave me a chance, sink or swim. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm not going to say I'm going to do the job and then kind of hide when it comes game time. Yeah. I always showed up. No one ever challenged me. I never got challenged from anybody because mm-hmm. I always challenged them first. Right. I was the guy that always challenged that guy first because I always knew my time's limited, yep. and I better get this fight or I'm going home. I got to earn it. So mm-hmm. he's not even going to get a word out of his mouth to say, hey, you want to go? I said, you want to go. And um, fights were easy for me because I was a nobody. No one knew me, so mm-hmm. I could get fights most of the time yeah. because no one knew who I was. It wasn't I a reputation. No big <laughs> reputation yeah. until years later. I just, <laughs> right. I just wonder if it's like – People see you, like, you know, you're even skating from the bench and you're lining up, and you're like, oh, this is the fucking guy. Yeah, looking at <laughs> yeah, wobbly. Yeah. You know, I wasn't falling down bad yeah. skating. You know, I mean, say in the East Coast League, I was probably like a ninth or tenth grade high school level skater. Okay. I could get around. Right. But yeah. I just couldn't keep up with those type of guys. There's just no chance. Okay. But so so, fighting, so nobody's guessing. Like, it's in the movie Good, he's like ankle burning yeah, out right. to the fucking I wasn't to line that up. Bad. But nobody's guessing that, that you're the. That you're the assassin by the way you're skating out exactly. onto the ice. Like, exactly. he's only here for one reason. Right. He's that bad. Right. Okay. And, and so with that said, again, like I said earlier, my main training, like every day I was on the ice in, a, in, in the rinks with Adam and other friends, and all I would work on was balance. So I could get out to the face-off circle and look normal. Right. And then when the fight took place, now I'm really comfortable because I've been working specifically on this. Uh, right, 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 right. I'm just planting your feet. And and of all my fights, even the ones win or lose on face on uh, YouTube or whatnot, I never go down. Huh. I always keep my balance. Even the Bialoas fight, I mean, Jesus, he almost yeah. took my head off with four punches in a row. <laughs> I kept my feet. <laughs> and I said it in another interview. I mean, that was probably one of the more proud things I had in that fight was not getting knocked down, uh-huh. not getting carried off the ice, yeah. which he had done with numerous other guys. Uh-huh. So I'm lucky in that aspect. All right. For right. sure. Um, do you have any fight questions? Um, yeah. What's, okay. So you're in the uh, AHL is when you run into a guy like Bombi, right? Correct. So when you fight Dennis Bombi, you know who he is going in. Right. Does he know you at this stage? No clue who I so am. It's, no, I'm a nobody. Yeah, so right. this, so so you want to fight Bombi. He's right. like the all-time penalty minute leader right. in the AHL. Yeah. And, again, another guy that he did play in the NHL, but, right. uh, you know, a lot of his career was spent in the AHL right. to get that many penalty minutes. When you right. see a guy like that, what's the uh, what was it like fighting him? Just to, just to Well, I mean, it's, it's a dream come true for me. I mean, again, I don't belong there. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be there. So I'm getting an opportunity not only to be in this league, mm-hmm. because, listen, how many hockey um, – we know thousands of people that played hockey, right? Yeah. And where do they end up going? Some go to college, and most of them fizzle out after college. Some make it to the minor pros. Not a lot make it to the American League. 
right. and even few make it to the NHL. Right. So that's a common, we know that. Um, so I'm in the American League, the second yeah. best league in the world. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I have a chance to fight a guy who's NHL caliber. I right. mean, what do I feel like? Yeah, I got like a boner. I'm psyched. <laughs> I'm psyched. Right? I'm psyched. Yeah. And win or lose. I mean, that's just a fucking extreme fighter's mentality. Right, yeah, but like, win or lose, know. I'm still a winner. Yeah, exactly. Because I can blink my eyes and look back just three or four years ago when I was skating right down the street on a pond, yeah. like tripping over sticks that were stuck in the frozen ice and shit. Mm-hmm. I know? mean, so much of this is just fucking attitude. Yeah, you know, oh yeah. To have that outlook going into it is uh, is clutch. And I guess for guys like Bonvi or, or Frank Bialois, who are at the top of the pack, they have a bit of a, a reputation where everyone knows them. Guys, all the gunslingers like yourself are coming after them. They have right. something to lose at that stage. They do, but the like I said earlier, right. like those two guys in particular, never mind the other dozens and dozens of yeah, guys that true. I got to go against, they didn't say no. They right. gave me a chance. Right. And and I owe them for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be because, who I was. You, get, you, get, you got it right there. You know, like, you know. Every night they get I've challenged. Got, yeah, and it's like I do, you know, maybe I do got something to lose. Right. You know what I they mean? They do. This guy, this guy wants to make his fucking bones on me. Right. And if I know? catch by a Lois or I catch Bond V with one and drop them, yep. I'm an instant success, yep. and their stock just went down. That's it. They're, they're not going. They're going to stay, but their stock went down. Right. And mine just skyrocketed. Right. Exactly. And it's, it, it, over and one shot. So some of those guys one, right. might want to say, you know what? I don't even know who you are, so mm-hmm. I'm not even going to fight you. You're you got to earn it. You you're, yeah, you're a waste of my time. Right. Yeah. Because I really don't know you. But again, those guys, I love them. True warriors I love them. for being Big time. that type of guy. Like the guys that accept that fuck, many fights. I mean, every a, night, they never point, say no. And you're a perfect example. But for a lot of these guys, they probably have the dream of cracking the league. And of then course. there's a point where they're like, they probably have, because I've done this professionally, it's like, all right, uh, fame and fortune ain't going to happen, but I just love doing it. Right. So right. they're going out there and they're fucking banging. And I mean, it's a fucking hell of a way to make a living. You know? You're not making a living for, for, for the most part. You're right. just doing it because You're you want to fucking dream. do it. You You're know? chasing the dream. You're chasing the dream. And for those guys, a call up for a game. For those guys, they almost at the level they're at, the point that they're at in their careers, they can't even say no to a Doug Smith. They right. have to wipe me out mm-hmm. and yeah. take the next challenge, and the next week the next challenge. Right. Yeah. Because who's watching? Management, scouts, whatever. Sure. You can't say no. So the pressure's your, on them. And you're kind of fighting for your fucking spots, you too, are. right? You're protecting your own work. Like I said earlier, you a know? guy like Bialois who can't fight because his hand's so banged up, can't even hold the stick. Why are you in the lineup? Because right. I don't want to lose my job. Yeah. So I can't say no. i got to play. Yeah. That's, that's, that's dedication. That's, you know, I want my dream. That's did, fucking drive. Did you ever have a guy who was on your team, and he was also a tough guy, and he kind of maybe felt threatened that you might take his job? Like, sometime, back then, they'd have a few guys that can go. Did so you know? my game in Springfield where I went against Bonvi, um, there was a legit heavyweight on that team that didn't want to fight Bonvi, and I'm not going to use his name. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I, I, I like him. We're friends. I respect him. But he didn't want to fight Bonvi anymore, and he could handle Bonvi. Yeah. He could do all right but against he just, him. He just, He's just sick something? of it. He's just <laughs> sick of it. So, I mean, I got pictures of us skating in warm-ups together, yeah. talking. I'm burning his ear off. Who's Bonvi? Tell me about Bonvi. Righty, yeah. lefty, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's giving me the skinny, the best I can you know, <laughs> absorb in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. But you're yeah. right. Was he threatened? Probably not because yeah. I'm only there for one night. But deep down, was he almost embarrassed? He That's maybe. the way I would think. I'd there say, was something. Jesus, they got to call this guy in because I won't do my job. Yeah. yeah. Is that way I'm being looked at? No. I don't know. Was that the end of him? No, he stuck around for a while. Okay. Yep, and I think he even he might have even got some NHL time. Oh wow! Yeah, he might have got a game as a fighter. Two. As a fighter. Huh. Right. Interesting. But he's just probably sick of doing it. 
Yeah. And you know what? And maybe and maybe in that moment, he's like, I can't afford a loss right now. Maybe. Maybe. Fighting yeah. a Dennis Bonvi, too. He's a, he was a marathon fighter. Pack a lunch. It wasn't going to be a quick in-and-out fight with him, right? That's it. You're right? in there for a while. Yeah, he's not. He, he could Stamina. go. Stamina. If okay. you ever see, if you guys are, that are watching this, check out. Uh, there's a fight, uh, Ryan Vandenbush right. versus Dennis Bonvi. Right. It's one of the longest fights yeah. ever. And it's like, literally like a minute and a half. Yeah. Nonstop. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> if, you're, if you want to beat him, it's hockey fights fucking highlight this in particular but 30 seconds is a world of fucking time to be you in a fight exchange and blows for somebody i know that from just getting from being having my head down and three guys fucking giving me uppercuts right. you know it was 15 <laughs> seconds and I, it felt like i watched all three godfathers yeah <laughs> right and and obviously i mean hockey fighting we're talking about legit bare knuckle fighting yeah, I mean, yeah. that's you, the one thing you hockey feel fighting that. is the one fucking fight where it's like uh, there's not really any defense man it's no just defense. knocking the other guy out first. Right, and there's no padding on your hands. Like, yep. I don't have a glove on, so my punch is going to be cushioned to your face. Yeah, you're your face is that. the cushion. Yeah, you're feeling that. <laughs> you're feeling it. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, can you – and we've told this story uh, before, but just tell – Doug, the, the Bond V thing up north. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> this is so funny. A buddy of mine, yeah, in uh, Canada, Antigonish uh, is where Dennis Bonvie's from. And this is where uh, Andrew Evans is the comedian. Yeah. He's a, he's a tall, kind of skinny guy. Very funny dude. And uh, he's saying he's back in his hometown. And uh, he's he's in the local pizza place, and he looks pizza, so. Pizza. I don't think it was pizza pizza. Oh, it was a different okay. different restaurant. But they had uh, Dennis Bonvi was like the hometown hero in the small town in Canada, and I guess he must have been doing some like endorsement for the the pizza joint. Yeah. And they had like a cardboard cutout of Dennis Bonvi, and and Andrew's in there. He's like, look at this fucking dork. <laughs> he's like talking shit. Dennis Bonvi's a fag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy just taps him on the shoulder, and he looks over, and it's Dennis Bonvi right behind him in real life. <laughs> That's great. Shrink so yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mr. Bombi. Right. <laughs> anyway, we'll have to get him to tell the real yeah, story because that's, that's so just funny. my, you know, maybe. Yeah, it, but it's but. so funny. <laughs> Don't even get him to tell it because if it's not that funny, I'll be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes the legend's better than the just go with truth. it, Andrew. Right. Just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're doing this for eight years. You've got some, you know, a ton of respect throughout the league. It sounds like because then you get asked, you get a job coaching guys. Yeah, or, uh, or, or was coaching the right word, training guys. Yeah, I don't I'd know. say training. I mean, okay. after after I was done, and I, and I always knew that in hockey itself, I always knew I would make a better trainer than I was an actual f- player fighter. Sure, because I was so far behind the curve. I started so late. I know what to do. I just physically can't do it. I'm not as good of an athlete as these guys are. Right. So, a long story short, I was friendly with some guys that worked for the Boston Bruins, uh-huh. and I kind of convinced them that you should get me on the ice for practice, say down in the minor leagues, Providence, Bruins, and the American League. Goon, the book has, has come out now? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, so not you're, yet. You're, not even, you're not even banking well, on good. your celebrity. Yeah, it's just yeah. reputation. Right. That's great. And, um, and your ability to sell yourself. Yeah. And I just kind of sold that, you know, your guys, like specifically Europeans and college guys who don't play North American-style hockey, hockey. You know, they should learn how to defend themselves. Although it feels like they are now. Right. <laughs> They've definitely changed. Yeah. yeah. And so I There's was able to get, get a little stint with the Bruins organization down in Providence. And yeah. it did start off where I worked with these college kids in Euros how to defend themselves. It wasn't mm. so much how to go out and fight. Yeah. It was just in case, you know, the whistle blows, a scrum blow, blows up in front of the net, and you just get peered off with some guy that wants to fight you, uh-huh. and you don't even know what the hell to do. Right. Where do I grab him? How do I hold on for my life? What do I do? Right. How do I not get my teeth knocked out? Right. And um, so that's how it basically got rolling. Um, 
and it got completely out of control when the actual fighters who were there were watching me down the ice working with these guys doing drills on punching and fighting and balance and and they were like Hey, I, that's what I do for a living. Yeah, yeah I yeah. want to work with this dude. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, forget the fucking right. drills, coach. I right. know why I'm here. So that's how it kind of got rolling. And, and, you know, believe me, I'm fortunate those guys like, say, Colt Norris and Bonvi, who I got to work with Bonvi after fighting him. That's crazy. <laughs> how yeah. crazy is that? <laughs> you're like, listen, you got a little weakness there. Remember when yeah. I gave you a little tuck? <laughs> so, but these guys allowed me to work with them sure. and, 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 and critique them, um, you know, you know, for for a new face to come in and try and tell you what to do differently. Yeah. You know, like I was a s- student of video. I would watch guys fight. Well, that's just it. And I would say to say. So you're so you're watching game tape. Are yeah. you watching game tape with them all the time? And oh. I would watch their fights. I'd dissect their fights and I'd say, here's how you won and here's how you lost. So mm. let's work on these things. Um, you know, I'll just use Colton Orr for an example because we yeah. got him when he was really young, right out of juniors, 18 years Fucking old. Fucking scrawny kid. Kind of thin, right? Um, but I just mean like he's a kid. I mean, like, oh, you're you're, 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 yeah. you're scrawny compared to he's whatever you're going to grow to be. He's like a high you know? school kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at that age, he's a big kid, right. but he's a fucking kid, right? But really willing to fight, really mm. game, had a lot of fights in juniors, and mm-hmm. did well, mm. um, which is why you know the Bruins picked him up. They they liked his grit and his toughness. Yeah. Um, and I just tried to work with Colton with a couple of different things: balance, of course, yeah. and punching power with both hands. Mm. You don't want to just be a, a one-handed fighter, right? I don't. You know, too many guys that just say right. And if I tie up that right, you're finished. You're done. You can't do anything more. Right. So you got to learn to use both hands. Mm-hmm. So again, I would I would fall back on boxing. I incorporated endless boxing drills on the ice, mm-hmm. and again, just trying to teach guys how to become better at what they did. Mm-hmm. And most guys absorbed it and they loved it. Mm-hmm. And we had great relationships because of it. Because they would look back and they'd say, you know what? That guy did something that no other coach ever did. Right. Most coaches, what are you doing? You're blowing a whistle, you're barking at a guy, and that's the ball game. Shower up. Yeah. But I was out there. I literally would, like, drop the gloves and square off with guys, and I would grab guys and wrestle with guys, mm-hmm. teach them how to balance. That pushing and pulling. All and kinds of bullshit, right? right? Exactly. You know, punching drills. Um, you know, I got punched. I got fucking punched out so many times by all kinds of different fighters. Because of their power. Uh-huh. You know, guys like or Steve McIntyre, oh, who's buddy. a beast. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, big, heavy big guys. Yeah. You know, but just to try to critique them a little bit and refine what they had. So while you were training with them, these guys were fucking hitting you sometimes? Oh, definitely. We would put on <laughs> real boxing headgear <laughs> and, and punch. Yeah. For real. Like, I would grab, you would grab, and we'd punch. And for real. And believe me, I caught some of them, and a lot of times I got caught. And mm-hmm. I got put down on my knees a lot. Wow. And I'm used to getting punched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, those but, but there's no other way to learn. It's like boxing and sparring. You have to do it real yep. before the real fight. Right. And that's what I tried to teach these guys. Like, you've got to really do it or you're never going to learn how to do it. Right, right, and, right. And, and you don't want to learn. You don't want to <laughs> learn it on the job is a little too costly. You could lose. <coughs> and that could be the end of your career. Although that's so, exactly how you fucking did it. So, again, you know, the guys I get to work with were so good to me. They allowed me. Right. Yeah. To, to come into their circle, into right. their world, right. and 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 they they didn't shun me, and listen, I mean, I owe them all. I, I do feel like it's funny because it, this does seem, and maybe maybe there are other guys during other eras in the early '80s who got some fucking, you know, bringing in Mick from Rocky, and they're like, "All right, boys, hit the bag." So let me interrupt you real quick, and I'm not patting myself on the back. Yep. So I was such a commodity. I was the only guy. Well, that I, was I was going to say. I'm going to okay. tell you something. There was no one, and I know because I've been told by so many different people. 
there was a, not one NHL team, not one AHL team. <coughs> nobody employed a guy like mm-hmm. me. Right. Not one person. The so, Bruins were like the you know they set the pace here. Yeah. And uh, and I and I was a secret for a long time. Um, I used to turn down interviews, say with Nesson, because uh-huh. they'd be there in the morning skate and watching me work, and they'd be like, "What the, the hell is going, is going on, on down there? here? Headgear. Get that guy. Who, who's, who's this guy?" And I'd be like, yeah. "No interviews." Yeah. Because I wanted to keep it quiet. I did it for the players' sake. You did it for the players' sake. Because I don't want the players to be like, next thing you know, they're on Nesson and they're getting fight lessons, and yeah. another team is watching, saying, "Oh." Yeah. Licking my chops. I'm going to get yeah. you, tough guy. Right. I didn't want anyone to know that they were getting, you know, lessons. Right. Um, or, or, or then everybody starts getting lessons. And right. Then the whole, and then the exactly. whole curve gets raised. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. so I was fortunate because from the Providence Bruins and the, and the organization, I was able to work with six different NHL teams throughout my little span of years of doing this. Oh, that's great. So I was, <laughs> I was really fortunate. Really yeah. Fortunate. And it, they just, if, if you, if you played hockey or whatever, you kind of know that the enforcer role, it's because it is, you know, you're usually the only enforcer on the team. There's usually only right. one. Sometimes, you know, when it was pretty thick in the league, there'd be a few guys, but, it can be a lonely role. So to have a coach come in specifically for that and pay attention to you like that, right. th- th- they don't. that doesn't happen. Right. So know, it certainly doesn't so happen now, today. So you're yeah. now at all the games or most of the games or at least the games with the, cir- with the big circle I on the calendar. I certainly would watch who we're playing, right? right? You know, and if Providence was playing a tough team and they had a couple of tough guys and my tough guy was definitely going to be in the lineup, yeah. we would gear our week uh-huh. ahead of time wow. to that game. So I would say – Colt Noor is going to fight Trevor Gillies. Yeah. And I'd work with Colt Noor. This is how Gillies fights. Uh-huh. And this might not work, but I think it's the best way to, to do you get the, the best. Fucking, this, you know, right. The best, you best might strategy. not win, but just, yeah. you know, or it could be anybody, you know, whatever, whoever I was working with, you know. And, um, you know, there was always somewhat of a script. This really seems to me like – this is the pinnacle of hockey fighting in the league. Even though it's not the pinnacle, it's already starting to get phased out, but it's the pinnacle as far as, like, training and technique. It's, right. the, and it's the era of the super heavyweight in the NHL sure. at this stage. Right. Where it, sure. the, the arms race had already happened. Once Bob Probert became right. so valuable in the league, right. every team tried to combat that, and right. they start getting more and more guys, right. and then they got bigger, stronger, and it just evolved of to course. the point where these guys are legit gladiators. You right, know, you, right. Like, so if you're all that big now, how do you get the advantage? That's it. So right. right. So now, like for an example, I could use a guy like Steve McIntyre. Mm-hmm. He's massive. 6'6". Six, six, wow. 260. Lean, hard as a rock. 260. Fucking mm-hmm. scary. You're kidding me. He should, he should be fist, walking around at 300. His fists were like twice the size of both of mine together. I yeah. mean, I'm talking a serious beast. By yeah. comparison, Orr is 6'3". Yeah. Right. So he's, he's a smaller right. guy in the super heavyweight. Who was still era. a big guy. And he is a big yeah, guy. Right. Yeah, we just saw him. Yeah. So right. Was, was like so, um, like, a guy like McIntyre, you know, he was kind of buried in the minor leagues. And uh, I remember talking to him one time during the summer, and I remember having some other people talk to him, and I said to Bruins management, let's get him to Providence. Yeah. He's kind of floating over here. I can make him a heavyweight. In fact, I'll bet my pay on it. I remember talking to someone from Bruins management saying, I'll bet my pay <laughs> I can make this guy – AHL champ uh-huh. in one year. Uh-huh. Never mind that. I bet you I can get him to the NHL within this year. Oh, yeah. And McIntyre was. Did you get paid? He, <laughs> I did. <laughs> but McIntyre was the balls. You know, yeah. I, I've had some really great guys. I, I mean, I put guys like Bonvi, McIntyre, Colt Noor. Yeah. They allowed me, again, uh-huh. not to sound like a broken record, but they yep. let me work with them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Orr and McIntyre were similar. They absorbed everything. They 
they busted their balls working with me. I mean, I, I wasn't easy on these guys. I really worked them hard uh-huh. every time I got to be on the ice with them. Well, I mean, just the fact that you're exchanging blows and sparring right. with them. You, 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 there's nobody fucking sparring. There's no sparring coach. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The NHL. So, well, and, um, and or I gotta say, he was he was excited that we were interviewing you. Like, <laughs> just like yeah, you're yeah, excited yeah. that we were getting. Listen, interview. I mean, we, I <laughs> tell you, I mean. There's a bond there. Yeah, I mean, it's I know great. It's, I know it's absolutely insane to it even is. say, but when you punch somebody in the face for weeks and weeks and weeks, <laughs> I mean, you just get to trust them. You believe in them. Like, I wasn't a phony. Yeah. I wasn't just blowing a whistle, like I said, and just tell them, let's get on those cones five times and right, get a right, drink. Right, right, Check mark. Right. I mean, I'm right in the trenches with these guys. getting <clears throat> pounded mm-hmm. and, and coming back next week to do it again mm-hmm. and next week to do it again. So I think they appreciated my effort. Uh, but a guy like McIntyre, like I said, I mean – there's a big body in the arms race mm-hmm. who worked his balls off down in Providence and got back up top to Florida, Edmonton. I mean, he was all over the place. Was he right? in Pittsburgh too? Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he wasn't dead or lost in the minors, but I think he was just in between organizations sure, that sure. didn't know what Dude, to do. Sometimes a little direction and a little right. help. We and all need uh, a little coaching from right. time to time. And it's you know? too bad. Almost, it is too bad for him uh, when he did get up there. It was like it was really was the tail end of, uh, right. of fighting in hockey. Because right, yeah. he was so big, guys, that no one wanted to fucking fight that guy. He was huge. Like, yeah, yeah, him yeah. and Bugard were guys that people just, right. you know, we'll, And he we'll had some great fights. Uh-huh. He really yeah. did. I mean, you know, dropping Ivanis Ivan- down. Yeah, yeah. You know, fighting McGratton. Oh, yeah. Uh, LaRock a couple of times. Bugard a couple of times. I mean, he had some big name fights but that's what he was there for and right. he wanted that role too right oh yeah he wanted it yeah, of course you got, well, i think you got i think they all probably wanted it they, they all wanted if it. he was like five years earlier though yeah. like he would have had you know even more he would have had more, more takers he didn't have enough opponents because he was just so tough and big. maybe like it yeah was, maybe so but uh, <clears throat> um and if you got more because i know there's you know the hockey that this podcast we, we interview we try to interview everybody from from different walks of fighting styles and right. fighting lives, but but he's just so fucking on point with the hockey shit. Um, but I, but I'm interested. So now you're not training anybody, right? Like that's no, I, I'm pretty much out of the game. Right. I mean, I'm I'm pushing 55 years old now. Fuck, you look good, man. Yeah, I, I just mean, I, you, you know I didn't but, see you with the hat off, but you look good. Yeah, I got, I got a little hair. I got a little hair. But um, you know the game has changed. Yeah. So my my position uh, being a guy that would go on the ice with people yeah. is over. But also, you don't want to do that at fucking 55. No, I don't want to do that anymore. You don't need to get but, it anymore. You know but I mean? um, so you're working as a cop. I'm a cop in the next town over in Hanson, Mass. Okay. Nice little community. Um, I work with a great group of guys. Great, yeah. everyone gets along. Good, good team. We're at the Hanover Police Boys Club. Uh, it's a gym. In the front of the place is uh, some sort of martial arts. A studio. karate dojo. Okay. And Are you I'm, into that at all? I am actually not into karate. Okay. I support it. I love it. I think okay. it's awesome. I love watching MMA. Yeah. But I'm just always been a boxer. Okay. And gotcha. I just appreciate that. Okay. So, good. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 You know what? Uh, you don't got to be a fucking jack of all trades. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no. yeah right. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. I, I just saw it, like, coming into this place. I was like, wait a second. Is he, is he running this whole goddamn facility? Is he karate yeah. now, too? You know? Yeah. No, no, no. I okay. just, like I said, it's part of this. I grew up in this place since I've been 15 years old. This is an incredible facility. Um, and it caters to the kids in town. Okay. And, um, like I said, they have a karate dojo next door. And I go in and work out in there. Okay. You know, use the heavy bags and the yeah. equipment. Um, but I'm not a karate. Okay. Guy. <laughs> you know what? You chose one thing to start late in life and yeah, excel at. That's enough. It's probably enough. That's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. There's some good uh, pictures too on the really way great. In, this uh, is a really cool fucking so, space. That's yeah, old school. I some, like the fact that it's old school, but is. you got like you got some great pictures of some people. I'm yeah. sure a lot of them are personal. There's a there's Craig a lot Berube. of you up here. 
Craig, you yeah, uh, I got to meet Greg Berube, and he signed that for me That's one great. time. And uh, you know, there's some bodybuilders that have come through here that have left us pictures and stuff. Sweet. And was that Hagler? Marvelous Marvin Hagler lived in Hanover in oh, this no town. Way. Yeah, he lived in this town. I used to box in his gym when I was a kid. Wow. Um, I started here for about a year or two. Got my feet wet in the boxing program here. Yeah. And then when I was uh, a little older, I went over to Brockton to Petronelli's gym. Yeah. That's where I fought. Brockton in was a tough town at that time. Super tough. Yeah. And still is. They still have boxing programs over there. Uh-huh. And uh, that's I went with that uh, <clears throat> that family to the Golden Gloves tournaments, um, and I only boxed. Um, you know, I, I I knew the hockey thing hadn't quite evolved yet. Sure. So the fighting was something that I just always loved, uh-huh. and my father was a boxer, so it's just something that I was just ingrained as a kid. Uh-huh. So I loved it, um, and thankfully, if I didn't have that background, I wouldn't have ever mm-hmm. yeah. done the hockey. Yeah. No. No well, chance. I mean, you, you know, you, um, you probably would have wound up being some sort of trainer of maybe somewhere yeah, maybe know. maybe cool because oh, so the cops are in here uh they sort of they sort of brought you along right right to, to be a cop right you know they're like this yeah. is what you gotta do kid right and uh are you, did you like train any of them or any of them in no training? no but i mean as a as a kid growing up you okay. would work out in here yeah. amongst all the cops the cops would come here and work out the firemen come over here and work out oh, you know, okay. it's, a, it's a town gym oh, that's and cool. you know you just get to know a cop mm-hmm. out of uniform Right. And, you know, most of them are all good guys, and it's just something that I just always knew I wanted to be. I, wanted I to be a think nice. that what <laughs> – this is so fucking out in left field. But I think that what you just said, know a cop out of uniform, know a firefighter out of uniform, know that they're good guys. There's a real community b- before it. You can maybe even get a fucking get – a, get a hand on a collar of a kid who's acting up and – you know, give them a little push in the right direction. Right. I feel like that is the answer to some of the violence and the shit that's going on around the country. There needs well, to be a little more of that day. community stuff. You know, you know, it did. It worked back in the day. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if I stub my toe, you know, you could have some cop say to me in here, hey, you know, I heard what you did Friday night. Yeah. You know, knock it off. Don't be a little asshole. Right. And that went You know, you know what happens to assholes? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that mentality, yeah, maybe, maybe some of that stuff just gets lost in a bigger it city. It does, because we're in a different world now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. all kids today think they're entitled to everything anyway that's true so it's a different world and their mom's fucking chirping about their rights you can't touch all the him. time <laughs> all the time <laughs> but the, the enforcer role certainly lends itself into the police uh you know career because yeah i mean there's protector been, yeah there's been somewhat of a uh you know a little crossover there for sure the two circle there's yeah, a blue one and a red one sure. there's a little purple in yeah. the middle <laughs> and i and i always and, and i've joked before i've said it before but you know uh, on my job as a cop, I couldn't really do what I did in hockey, which was punch people. Right. Yeah. So, but I bet you wanted to. I would love to. There's a few people, <laughs> there's a few people you would love to, right? Yeah, 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 but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Let me retire and go yeah. start working the yeah. bar again. Here's my badge after I murder you, <laughs> and now I'm going to retire because I'm going to get fired anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. But you're going down with a beating. <laughs> Take my badge like Shaft. Right. Um, Doug, I don't know. We, it, it's an hour. We're, yeah, we're at the hour. Yeah, this is awesome. mark. Right. Thank you so yeah, much, hey, man. It listen, was a really, I love it. It was a really great yeah. interview, and uh, we really appreciate it, um, guys. This is another episode of Fight Stories. Yeah. We'll get into the uh, we'll get into the finer details later of begging <laughs> for fucking listens and money. But uh, no, make sure that you uh, make sure you check out uh, Goon. Doug Smith's of course. book and uh, and the movie and, the and movie. Uh, you can see the the difference, but they're both great and yeah. uh, and there's uh, Goon too. Yeah, I'm gonna read the book. Uh, and, it uh, is out now, right? Oh, so, and right. then of course uh, this video. You can catch this video on Patreon. You know the episode we roll it as we roll them out. But uh, check out Patreon. So it's Patreon.com/slash/fightstories. Yeah. All right, baby. Thanks. Doug. Thanks, boys. Thank Appreciate you. It. Yeah, that's amazing. I love it.